Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Oh yeah, folks. Welcome back to a special Friday episode of Let's Ride, and you're probably saying, that's a different intro song. That... What is that? Is this Let's Ride? This is Let's Ride. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host, and the song that you just heard is a brand new single from our friend of the show. He's a huge Steeler fan, the Jerry Cherry Band. That's his newest single, Stoned and Gone. That's right, his new single, Stoned and Gone. You can follow Jerry anywhere, really. You can follow him on YouTube. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jerry Cherry Band. He is a great fan of the show. He wants me to promote his music, and I'm glad to do it because it sounds great. I don't have to use generic, uh, copyright-free material. I have his blessing to use this this music, and we use it for almost all of our shows. The only shows that we don't in the morning is the live mic. He's a Canadian. I don't know what he does. But still, a big shout-out to the Jerry Cherry Band. That is a great song. Go check it out. Stoned and Gone. And like I said, Jerry's a big diehard Steeler fan. Doesn't He's a ride or die crew member, folks. He does not miss an episode. And speaking of today's episode, I have a lot to talk about, about something that so many of the fan base, so many of my ride or die crew are so enamored with. They are enamored, and I say that word intentionally, mock drafts. They are enamored with mock drafts. And we're going to talk about mock drafts a lot in this podcast. My thoughts on on mock drafts and maybe what we should take from them and what we should just kind of discard before we get to that. Remember that this is a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, this whole podcast platform. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I got to be honest, I-, I do check other websites from time to time. 
No one comes close. No one's come comes close to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. If you're a diehard fan, if you love the community aspect of websites, meaning you can create a free account at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, if you go to the website, scroll down to the bottom where the comment section is, and all you have to do is click on Create an Account if you don't have one already, and then you can join in the conversation that is on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We have a great community. When I took over the website in 2015, right before Bud Dupree was drafted, I took over a boy. Was it a rocket ship? We'll put it that way. The the <laughs> uh, the comment section. Boy, oh boy! I'll never forget. I wrote my very first article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com before I took over. I was a writer before I became the editor, and the first article that I ever wrote was how I wished. And this was right before the Steelers reported to training camp. I really wished that the Steelers would just show up ready to work. I didn't want to see. Brett Kiesel in a tractor. I didn't want to see James Harrison in, in a uh, fire truck. Just show up, been ready to work, ready to play. Let's have a business-like approach. And I got massacred in the comment section. I mean annihilated in the comment section. But that's what makes it fun. Things have calmed down a lot since then, so I don't want to strike fear in anyone that might be thinking about joining the community. I want you to join the community, but BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers, no matter what. And also, wherever you get your podcasts, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss any of our audio content. That's not just my Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. That's also Dave Schofield's Stat Geek. Every Thursday, our deputy editor, Michael Beck, his live mic on Tuesday, and then all of our PM and weekend content. Do that. Do that. Don't miss it. Trust me. All right, let's get down to brass tacks here. Mock drafts. Everyone talks about mock drafts. Oh, this player was mocked here. This player was mocked there. We've got uh, Matty Peverell from our Touchdown Under crew who's doing these simulated mock drafts where he's trading. I, I think he made, at one point, 12 trades, and the Steelers somehow picked 500 players. I, that's an exaggeration, but he literally had one draft where he had traded so many times, he had a ridiculous number of draft picks. The Steelers are supposed to have eight picks in this upcoming 2021 NFL draft, and everyone, myself included, are really, really curious to see what exactly is going to transpire. And so when we all have this curiosity, we all have this desire to kind of want to be the person pulling the trigger that is putting in that ticket, saying, take this guy, making that decision. We all want that power. We feel like we can do it. I don't think we can, but we feel like we can. And this is where mock drafts and those simulators come in. They're great. They really are great. I like mock drafts. There's a lot of people that say, ah, mock drafts are dumb. I think there's certain parts of mock drafts that are dumb. I think there's some aspects that, and, and people put a lot of, uh, emphasis is a good word to use. They put a lot of emphasis in mock drafts when they really shouldn't. They really should just kind of pump the brakes, take it at face value, and let's talk about this. So first and foremost, when you're looking at mock drafts, are they totally useless? I think yes and no. Yes and no for a lot of reasons. Uh, yes, because there is some sense of credibility to some places that you can kind of take some tidbits from that. Uh, and no, in certain situations, in certain mock drafts, you're looking at it saying this is very unlikely to happen. But things to consider when you're looking at a mock draft and you're wondering, should I take this as legitimate as something that could actually take place? Or should I just kind of say, take it at face value and then move it to the side? First things first is what is the source? If this is Johnny, Johnny diehard Steeler fans website that he created 
um, and through Google, and it's free, and he puts it out on Twitter, and he has all this stuff going on in the in his mock draft. You you take that with a gigantic grain of salt. Okay, there's no credibility there whatsoever. However, you get certain people, and the ESPN crew gets criticized more than anyone else. Todd McShay, all those people, um, Mel Kiper more than anyone. But every now and then you'll get someone like Peter King. Uh, you'll get ESPN insiders that will put out mock drafts. We all know like the Bucky Brooks and and people of NFL.com that do mock drafts. To me, because of their expertise and because of their background, they bring more credibility to that mock draft. So I'm not saying you take everything that they say as gospel, but what I'm saying is that mock draft to me is more credible than Johnny diehard fans uh, own website. So that's number one. Number two, look at the reality of the situation. I used to be the guy that if I looked at a mock draft, I would go scan all the way down and just see who they had the Steelers taking. And that's what I wanted to see. And I slowly realized that there was a gigantic flaw in my reasoning of doing that. And the flaw was simple. If I'm going to scan all the way down and just see who the Steelers take, I'm not paying attention to what's taking place before the Steelers pick. In other words, if it's some crazy off-the-wall mock draft that has Trevor Lawrence, who we all know is going to Jacksonville with Urban Meyer down in, in with the Jaguars. We know that's going to happen if they have, for some reason, Trevor Lawrence falls to the fifth pick overall. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So if you actually look at that and say, yep, right when I would see that, I would just say, I'm Xing out of that tab. I'm closing that window. I'm going back to my search engine, doesn't matter. You just don't take that as credible because that is just not going to happen. If Trevor Lawrence falls, even to number two, even to the second pick, I'm don't. Even, I'm not sure what I would do. I'll sing you all a song. I'll get out my guitar. I'll sing you all a song. I'll write a song about how I'm an idiot. There you go. I play, I play the guitar. I do have a background in singing. I will write a song about how I'm an idiot. I will play it here on Let's Ride if Trevor Lawrence even falls one spot. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen at all. So immediately, reality of the situation is if you see something crazy like that happening, you just got to be like, okay, this is not going to happen. Just move on with your life. Now, mock drafts, keep this in mind, folks. Mock drafts are just predictions. That's all they are. I, I compare them to power rankings all the time. They're fun, and they cause some great debate. That's about it. <laughs> that is really about it. It, it. They're fun to do. For instance, if you're doing power rankings, who's the top team, who's the top five, top three, top 10, whatever, that's fun. And when you say to yourself, man, I can't believe the Steelers, they haven't ranked 12th, that's ridiculous, they should be in the top 10, that's debate. And that's fun too. The same with mock drafts. They oh, I'm going to have uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence being traded. He's going to get drafted by the Jaguars and traded to the Jets for more... No, okay, that's probably not going to happen, but it's fun to debate, fun to try to think of that cockamamie scenario, but it, it, it's just debate, and it's fun. And so people right away, again, you can you can learn something from mock drafts. We're going to talk about the pros and cons here in a second, but understand that they are just one individual's predictions. That's it, just one individual's predictions. So right now, on SBNation.com and our NFL team pages there's 32 pages one for every national football league team we're going through our editors mock draft now we have not gotten to the Steelers pick yet myself and Dave Schofield the co-editors of behind the steel curtain we will 
talk about it when it's a Steelers pick. Who do we like? Who's gone? Who's there? And we will make our selection. And I'll talk about that when we have it on the show. But still, that is a mock draft where it's multiple people that are making picks for a specific team. Again, just predictions. It's just predictions. It's just guesswork. We're just going with whoever. Okay, so we're 24th in the process. So far, all these great prospects are off the board. We're just going to see what's left, and then we're going to play the simulation game. So let's talk about some pros and cons here. Pros and cons of mock drafts. All right? Pros and cons, in my opinion. First and foremost, I think a pro for mock drafts are that they create scenarios. NFL teams actually do this. In case you didn't know, it's typically three days before the draft. Maybe they'll do a couple before that. But NFL teams will actually run simulations, essentially mock drafts, and figuring out what if this happens. So they'll run a simulation of, okay, let's run a simulation that the top five picks, four out of the five are quarterbacks. Okay, what do we have playing out after that? And they have every single team need of, you know, the Detroit Lions, the Carolina Panthers, who just made that trade with uh, the Jets for Sam Darnold. What, how does that impact? Who might be available in the Steelers pick? And they run through all these scenarios. Mock drafts do the same thing. And so in that regard, that's a pro. You're figuring out that's a, it's a positive aspect of a mock draft. You're figuring out what could potentially happen and how could that impact the Steelers. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, a con to that is that you never really know what will happen. You never really know what will happen. Everyone thinks, and I mean everyone, thinks that there's going to be five quarterbacks taken in the top 10. Now, I think there's a really good chance that that happens, but what if it doesn't? I mean, think think about it, folks. If you're listening to my podcast, there's a good chance you've probably watched a lot of NFL drafts, like I have. And every year, there's at least one, maybe two players players that you're thinking they're going to go early and they fall. And next thing you know, that shakes everything up because when one player falls, one player jumps up. So when one player falls, there's only takes that one team, that one team in the top five and the top 10 that rocks the boat and everyone's everyone, the commentators on television, the people that are, you know, whatever, even when you're communicating with friends and like we do podcasts and stuff about this and we'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they just did that. Maybe it was a trade. Maybe they took a reach on a player. I don't know. But still, there's those situations and it completely changes everything. So while the scenarios are great in mock drafts, the con is that you can try to prepare prepare for everything, but you literally cannot. Another pro is that you are able to learn a lot about prospects during the mock draft season, as I call it, from the moment the Super Bowl is over until the NFL draft is mock draft season. And you learn a lot about prospects. You learn about what they do well. You learn about what they don't do well. You learn about when they could potentially be drafted. For instance, are they a day one pick, day two, day three? Are they an undrafted potential type player? You learn about... um everything about these players, where their weaknesses are, where their strengths are. So it is a great way to learn about individual prospects, and then you can formulate your own opinion in regards to whether or not they actually could fit with the Steelers. If you have never been to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, you don't know this, but I've been doing these prospect breakdowns for probably about the last month. I've, I, my guess is that I've done about 15 of them. I've done positions like quarterback, running back, linebacker. 
I did one tight end, might do a couple others. I'm right now going through the offensive tackles. I have another one running today, Friday. And still, I literally am just providing information. I'm not telling people what they should or shouldn't like. I'm saying, here's their draft profiles. Here's some footage and breakdowns of their game. Here's some game film of them. What do you think? And that's when people go to the comment section and they talk about what they do or don't like this prospect. This all is part of the process. And I am learning about these prospects as I do them, these breakdowns. But I'm also, whenever I see a mock draft, like Dave Schofield does our mock draft Monday, every Monday, I learn about the players that people have projected to go to the Steelers. The con to that is that sometimes these sites use random simulators. And these random simulators might be worse than Matty Peverell making 15 trades and coming back with 25 picks. It just is so crazy sometimes because especially, especially if they have the trade function on, it just be, can, can get haywire really quick. And when that happens, it's almost one of those mind-blowing experiences where you're like, what is going on? I'm kind of confused. They, wait a second, the Steelers have how many picks? Sometimes that can be a little much. That can be a little much. All right, next, a pro for the mock draft is that you get a feel for the team needs. Let's not overthink this here. As you're looking at what Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper Jr. and Bucky Brooks and other people that are known for their mock drafts have put out there, you're getting a feel for what they think the Steelers team needs are. And it's not that you can't think of that yourself. We all do it. I've done specific podcasts for it. But at the same time, I look at this and say, It's a good way for everyone to get a good feel for what the common consensus of team needs are for the Steelers. A con of mock drafts, they are absolute guesses. (laughs) Like I said, they have no idea what is going to actually happen when Roger Goodell stands on that podium and says, with the first pick and the 24th pick of the first round, the Pittsburgh Steelers select, no one knows. No one knows. And then lastly, the last pro and the last con here. The pro is you can kind of evaluate these scenarios. You can kind of take a look and get a feel for, man, if if all these quarterbacks are gone, or let's say a quarterback falls all the way to 24, someone like Mac Jones. I don't want Mac Jones, but you evaluate the scenario if that were to happen. That's what some of these mock drafts do. That's fine. That's a, that's a good simulation. But the one thing I can't stand, and not all mock drafts do this, keep that in mind, are these fictional trades. I cannot stand these fictional trades. There will be trades in every single NFL draft. We all know this. But we cannot ever try to predict what those trades are going to be. I I just can't stand it when you see these, oh, the Patriots trade with so-and-so to move up into the top 10. It could happen, absolutely. But last year, I would have bet a large sum of money that the Steelers were going to make a trade to get more picks because they only had six. Remember, no first-round pick. They had lost a lot of picks in previous trades. And I said, they need more draft capital. They're going to make a trade. Bank on it. And they didn't make a trade. So keep in mind, any mock draft that has trades attached to it, holy cow, take it with a huge grain of salt. So let's wrap this up before we go to our first break. Mock drafts, I honestly, personally, I I like them. I like mock drafts. I'm never one to bash mock drafts from a pure this-is-what-they-are perspective. I do get frustrated when some people put so much credence into the mock draft. That gets frustrating. 
but I think mock drafts are fun. I think they're fun. I think it's a great way to get Steelers fans and NFL fans in general engaged in the draft process. The National Football League, if they were smart, they would try to corner the market for some of these simulators. Um, I don't know why they're not, but hey, who am I to, what am I to say that they're a billion-dollar organization? Mock drafts are great. Prospects, that's what you learn through mock drafts, and we're going to talk about three prospects from one position that everyone is talking about in Steeler Nation. Yeah, you'll hear about it in more. Come right up. Stay We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, I just can't get enough of that brand new Jerry Cherry Band song, Stoned and Gone. Man, that's a good song. Go out and check out Jerry. Big kudos to him. Shout out. Thank you for letting us use that. For maybe, maybe I'll keep it around for a few weeks and then go back. I don't know. We'll see. It's all Jerry Cherry Band. It's all great. That's what I know. All right, let's go to this prospect breakdown. I talked about the breakdowns I've been doing for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can check them out. Like I said, I'm going through the offensive line right now, mainly the offensive tackle position, and I'm getting a feel for these prospects, what they do well, what they don't do well, and it's hysterical to me. I mean hysterical to me when I look into the comments of one of my articles, and what do I see? I see people saying, oh, there's no way this guy's going to be available. This guy's going to be gone in the top 10, man. I don't know why that person sounded like that, but that's just what came out. It reminds me of back when David DeCastro was the draft pick for the Steelers. Everyone said, boy, David DeCastro would be great in black and gold. Too bad he's never going to get to 24 because that's when he was picked, the 24th pick, the same pick they have in the first round this year. And you probably could have heard the same exact people. Oh, man, why are we even talking about David DeCastro from Stanford? He's never going to make it to the Steelers at 24. He's just too good. He's going to be the top 10 pick. But what happens? 24th pick, David DeCastro goes to Pittsburgh. Kevin Colbert even went on record to say they didn't think they had a chance at him. They went to the pro day. They saw him at Stanford. They loved his physicality. They loved everything about his game, but they didn't think he was going to get there. When the time came and he had fallen all the way to 24, they jumped at the opportunity. He's been an all-pro, been a pro bowler. He's been everything they've asked and then some. So when I talk about you know Christian Darrisaw of Virginia Tech, I said if, if he gets to 24, should they take him? And Everyone in the comments, or not everyone, our own Shannon White, writer from Behind the Steel Curtain, he came out and said he's not a huge fan of Darrow Saw. He thinks he's a little soft. Thinks he's a little soft. Now, Tevin Jenkins, the one I did on Thursday, he's the opposite. He he's he's as gritty as they come. Man, that guy likes to just graveyard people, not pancake people, graveyard them. I'm talking about driving them six feet into the ground. You want nasty, you want Tevin Jenkins. But still, 
it, there's people that go, oh, Derisaw is never going to get to us, man. Why are we even talking about this? He could. And so I'm learning about these picks, but the one position that everybody seems to always come back to, and I don't know why, it's not like this is the only team need that the Steelers have. It, it Really, the, the, some people talk like this is the only team need that they have, and that's running back. Everyone wants to talk about the running backs. Should they take a running back in the first round? If they do, which one are they going to take? If they don't take a running back in the first round, are they going to take one in the second round? If so, who's going to be there? Are there going to be any running backs to get drafted in the first round? I don't know. Should they? This is just, just, it's endless. There's a part of me that can't wait for the first round of the draft just so people stop talking about it. I know it's not going to happen because if the Steelers, I don't know, let's say draft a linebacker in the first round, I wouldn't be shocked, by the way. If they take a linebacker in the first round, then it's going to turn into, well, who's left? Are there any running backs left? And can they get can they get a running back, a good running back, at 55? So, there's three backs, okay? Let's talk about these three running backs. I'm going to give you my opinion on all of them. I'm going to give you my opinion on who I think is the best, the best fit for the Steelers and my favorite. So let's start with Najee Harris coming off a national championship at Alabama. He has the most wear on his tires of the three that we're going to talk about today. And you know who the three are. I don't have to say that, but I will. So Najee Harris has a tremendous background. He comes from the best program in the United States, and he can kind of he can do it all. He can run inside, he can run outside, he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Blitz pickup is not a problem for Najee Harris. If you need Najee Harris to do it, he can get it done. That's it. So Najee Harris in the black and gold, there's some Steeler fans that are like, I don't like that. If Najee Harris was wearing the black and gold, Every single one of us would be fans by week eight. You heard it here first. Every single one of us would be big fans and trying to find a Najee Harris jersey by week eight because he's that type of player. Is he the type of player that can make a mediocre line look better? In some instances, yes, but he's not as good as other other running backs in the draft in that regard. So let's keep that in mind. The next running back is Travis Etienne of Clemson. He also went back to Clemson. Everyone thought both Harris and Etienne were going to go to the NFL last season, but they didn't. They stayed in college. Take that for what it's worth. Some people say that's kind of foolish. Some people say it's a sign of good moral character. I don't care either way. I really don't. I know the Steelers like the younger the player, the better. They don't like the guys that are redshirt seniors and all that stuff. Nonetheless, this specific running back is electric. Every time he touches the ball, he can make people miss. Unbelievable acceleration. Catching the ball to the backfield. I do question blitz pickup with Etienne because he's just not as big as a Harris as a as a Najee Harris. But he is the type of guy that I think, and this is with a lot of reading and a lot of talking with and, and listening to and reading people like Kevin Smith or, or our own Cliff Harris is still a punk on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And he thinks that, and I agree. Etienne is the best fit for the Steelers in Matt Canada's offense. What he does well is exactly what they want to do, and that's get guys on the perimeter. They still can run in between the tackles, which he can, by the way. He can still run in between the tackles, but you get him in in space, give him a glimmer of daylight, and he can break it loose. It's not that Najee Harris doesn't have that speed, but he doesn't have that type of speed. He does not have that type of speed. So I think that Najee Harris is the most well-rounded back out of all of them. I think Etienne's the best fit 
for the Steelers and Matt Canada's offense. And then we go to Javante Williams, running back out of North Carolina. And this, he is by far, out of the three, my favorite running back in this draft class. He is maybe my favorite player to watch in this entire draft. He, in my opinion, when I watch him, epitomizes what you want to see from a Pittsburgh Steelers running back. He doesn't run out of bounds. He does not just take a play and just take it off. This guy is like a tiny bowling ball. Think Maurice Jones-Drew, but more physical. Maurice Jones-Drew was a great back. He was very shifty. This guy, talk about contact balance, yards after contact. His yards after contact, if I read this correctly today, a statistic on Javante Williams that his yards after contact after contact was better than the Steelers yards per carry last season. I know it's the ACC is not the NFL. The ACC is not the AFC North. We know this, but it just goes to show you that Javante Williams is, in my opinion, going to be a legitimate star in the National Football League. I, I, he's my favorite of the three. Harris would be great. They all three would be great if they decide to go that way. If the Steelers decide to take a running back, whether it's in the first round or or in the second round, I'm not sure if all three are going to be available in the second round. My hope, if you want my prediction, is that the Steelers don't take a running back in the first round and that they get my favorite player in the second round. I think Javante Williams is the only running back out of the three that could potentially fall to 55. I think the other two are either gone in the first or Williams is the only one that could last to 55. I think that even if those other two, Etienne and Harris, don't get picked in the first, they're going to be gone well before 55. So for me, that prospect breakdown, that's how I view him. I think Harris is a very well-rounded back. He's going to be great for any team in the NFL, any team. I think that Etienne is a good fit for certain teams. I think the Steelers are one of those. I think he'd be very good with Pittsburgh. Would love to see him in the black and gold. Javante Williams is my, he's my guy. He's my guy. I love watching that guy play football. And if I got to watch him play in the black and gold for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the next four plus years, that would be awesome because the Steelers fan base would fall in love with him in a heartbeat. Take that to the bank. All right, let's finish this up with a heart to heart as we always do every Friday episode. Look, I want to make something very clear. Breaking down a successful draft you're going to see draft grades coming out right away, immediately. We'll do it on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because, well, we get paid on how well we do, and those articles do really well. Understand, though, that I think you have to wait at least two seasons before you can actually evaluate a draft class. But that's not that's not what I want to talk about here. A successful draft class, what you need to evaluate is out of how many picks do they have, what did they get, what type of player did they get? Let's look at 2020 for an example. The Steelers and Kevin Colbert had six picks. That's it, six picks. No first-round pick, not one first-round pick, and they were able to claim three starters out of the six picks. Chase Claypool, second-round pick. Alex Highsmith, third-round pick. Dotson, fourth-round pick. Three players that are going to be starting in year two. Claypool was a starter in year one as a rookie. That is a ridiculous draft class. I cannot stress that enough. When 50% of your class becomes starters in year two, that's insane. 
Now, not every draft class could be 1974 either. We know how many Hall of Famers they have from 1974. It was a ridiculous draft class. I would say that in this upcoming draft, if you can give me one home run, and when I say a home run, I'm using a baseball analogy here, you give me one home run, give me one player that is going to start day one as a rookie success. Give me two doubles, all right? Guys that are going to spot play. That are going to spot play, but are going to be future starters. Success. And then finish it up with some singles. Guys that are going to have specific roles on the team, whether it's as a special team player, whether it's as a depth piece. You do all that. One home run, two doubles, and throw in some singles. That, my friends, is a successful draft class. No one, and I mean no one, is going to have a draft where they pick every single player that's going to start and is going to be great. It's just not going to happen. Look at last season. I'll use it because it was a small class. You had the three starters. Anthony McFarlane, he would be a single. I think he's a role player. I think he is going to have a role on the team. He should be a part of the process. Antoine Brooks Jr., same thing. Carlos Davis, same thing. So they got their home run last year with Chase Claypool. They got two doubles with Alex Highsmith and Kevin Dotson, and they got some singles with McFarland, Antoine Brooks Jr., and Carlos Davis. That's a successful draft class. I'm excited. I'm excited for this draft. It's only a few weeks away, and we are going to be ramping things up here at Behind the Steel Curtain as you all and we get a, get ready for this. So make sure that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Can't say that enough. Wherever you get your podcast, if you enjoyed listening, make sure you subscribe and follow so that you don't miss anything. Just go to wherever you get your podcast: Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, wherever. Search Steelers, search Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, so that you don't miss a thing. Folks, I hope you have a great weekend plan. I hope you have a great weekend. Hope you had a great week. Thank you for spending some time with me. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host of Let's Ride, this Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. As we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday. Go see you. anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect define an opportunity imagine talking to millions of people across the u.s like i am now identify a problem creating an audio ad is time consuming offer a solution utilize cutting edge ai imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds well we did to create this ad to learn more about ai in the audio industry download the white paper from audiostack.ai Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. 
Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.